Hello siblings, welcome to the Sensory Siblings podcast. I'm your host, Louisa Shirey, and this is beaming to you from the solar system, the liberatory framework and unmasking unschool for creatively identified autistic folks who are seeking another way to see, know and be yourself. This is a radical reimagining of what's possible when we redefine ourselves from within by unlearning who we are not, making self-connection our goal, activating the languages of our sensory-oriented perception and creating the culture shifts to activate futures and selves. It all starts within. Hey siblings. So, last week's episode was about taking up full ownership of being the director, the playwright and the main character in the play that is your life, on the stage of your life, right? Today is what happens when you step out on that stage, you make that decision to, to change things up, to take responsibility, take ownership, and then you find out that you don't know what you want. So that's what I want to talk about today. So what happens when you don't know what you want, or when you do know, but it's kind of vague, and you've got no idea where to start, and if you tried to explain it or describe it, you wouldn't be able to do it in a very tangible way, okay? And the reason it's important to know what you want is because the deep desires seeded in you, if you've connected with them, with knowing what you want, right, they, those will pull you through all of that hard, messy work, all of that courageous sorting out of your stage and your play in your life. So knowing what you want and being connected with the desire for that thing that you want to create becomes like a guiding source of decision-making clarity, okay? And this topic um, has come about because recently I did a free training on visibility and how to be more visible for the creative work that you want to do in the world, why we aren't getting more visible, and how to get into the mindset of of being willing and being able to put yourself out in the world, right? And leading up to that, I was posting to you in the Discord, those of you that are, are in there, you know this, I was posting different questions, different prompts, inviting you to uh, reflect, to respond on why visibility is so hard, right? What's the problem? What makes it difficult? What? Where's the resistance? And people, you, siblings in the Discord, knew intimately and exactly what the problem was, right? You could articulate it really well, those of you that posted. And when you did post, there was a lot of resonance from others in the group and a lot of familiarity and a lot of yes, this, yes, same, right? We we know what the problem is. We know what's hard. And I'll do another podcast on visibility if you missed all of this. But my point is that the problem, the problems that we have, the circumstances that we're trying to solve, we know a lot about, right? We're intimate with it. And when I posted what do you want to create? Like, what would visibility give you? Why do you want it? 
it was almost silence. It was like, like nothing. (laughs) Or what was posted was kind of vague, right? It was a little bit vague. And people didn't have much to say or were afraid to really share what they do want, okay? And this isn't bad. This isn't that something's gone wrong. This is just that we're human, that we don't spend a lot of time actively pouring our energy and attention into things that we want, into the big dream, into something that we deeply desire to create, right? Into a future that we want, that we would love to experience. Why? Because that is beyond what we've already experienced. It's beyond what we know, right? It's it's unknown. It's an unknown. It's And it's not that we don't know what we want. It's just that it's over there beyond what our brain is familiar with and comfortable with. What we're familiar and comfortable with, what we know, is our past. We know what options have been readily represented to us, right? We know what other people think is possible for us. We know what our current life is. We know what we've done before. We know what is statistically likely for us, right? We know how much we may were able to make things happen that we wanted in the past, which may have or may not have been a lot, right? We know how it felt to want something and not get it. We know how much we had a goal but didn't have the tools to follow through, right? So we know a lot of what is and what has been and what people think is possible, right? So what is quote-unquote realistic, what's already been realized, and your brain likes to stay there in the known, in what I want to call probability, okay? So when you're thinking about what you do want, what you want to create, then what you don't want to do is think in probability, right? So when we're thinking in probability where our brain likes to stay, where we're really familiar, where we're really comfortable, where we're very well acquainted with the problems, where we know how to articulate what's happening, when we think in that probability, what happens then is you create meaning from that about what your future is going to be and then you act according to that and then you end up recreating the past. You recreate your current life. You recreate what others people think, what other people think is possible for you. You recreate statistics, right? You recreate what is realistic, what is in probability. So our thinking determines so much of how we experience and feel about ourselves and our lives and the meaning that we give to, to those experiences. And so if your current life, if your past, if that thinking and probability hasn't fully acknowledged who you really are, what you really want, what the experiences that your body offers up to you are, what your true sensations are, right? How you actually experience your life, how you make sense of it in a way that comes naturally. If all of that hasn't been acknowledged, then when you're thinking in probability, those also remain unexpressed in your thinking, right? 
those unexpressed parts, the potential of who you could be when you have the support, when you have the acknowledgement, when you are affirmed, when you get to do it your way, right? All of that potential and the possibility that your future offers when you aren't thinking that way, we need to allow that to be expressed in order in order for us to truly know what we want to create, okay? So when we're being realistic, when we're thinking probability, then, we, then we're not listening to that. We're not hearing those parts of ourselves. So who we're here to be in our fully, fullest expressed version, right, doesn't get a look in. It doesn't get to uh, speak into that future. So knowing what you want to create means giving space to that potential, to that possibility, even though it's beyond, it's outside of what you know, okay? It's outside and beyond of probability. So it means spending time and energy and and attention for possibility, even when our thinking is that it's not realistic, okay? We have to go there. So I want to go on a tangent now and tell a bit of a story. Some of you have heard this before. If you have, I want you to just re-listen through the lens of knowing what you want. So when I was um, in my, I want to say, uh, when was it? Maybe 2010 onwards, I started to work as an artist, working galleries, giving workshops. And back then there was a lot of public funding for the big galleries to have this kind of educational provision, right? There was the this idea that art is for everyone. And so a lot of the galleries would roll out these programs that would bring people into the gallery and then they'd have, they'd engage artists to lead workshops. And a lot of the workshops that I was doing were with school groups. And this was uh, a, a steep learning curve, but it was also an opportunity for me to really figure out and play and try things. Essentially, it was like, you're an artist, here's your group, do your thing, and not much else. And so there was a lot of freedom, right? There was a lot of uh, choices that I got to make about how I did those workshops. And what I want went into that thinking was I want to create a space that is different and that is affirming for all of the ways of thinking that are outside of mainstream education. Now, I couldn't have articulated that at the time. I, at the time, didn't have the lens of being autistic as an option for considering how I saw myself. I didn't know there wasn't neurodiversity. There wasn't this idea of neurodiversity, really. There wasn't um, anything in my own thinking that put me within that lens, okay? So what I did have was a hunch that there were other ways of being, that there were other ways of thinking and expressing and other languages, and that's what I wanted to give space to, right? So in these workshops, I've, through doing them over and over again, and at the same time making my own art, what I came to was a methodology for how to invite other ways of being and creativity and, 
and imagination into that workshop very quickly. And so what I want to do on this podcast is is share that methodology, but also share a story around it. Really, this is all about thinking and possibility. So what I used to do is I would take take this group, uh, the group that I got, um, and I would take them on a workshop that I called, I eventually called The Lighthouse. And this was one that I um, ended up then just, it just was my way that this was the thing I did. And so, yeah, so I take a group to a pair of locked doors in one of the galleries I worked in that were the same colour as the walls. They were doors that you weren't really supposed to look at, right? It was like, don't look at these doors. These, This is staff or storage or something like that. They were locked. They were not somewhere for the public to go or look at, right? So the things that people don't look at, the invisible, I wanted us to go and look at that. And I'd take them to these locked doors and I'd say in a very... Um, hushed voice that would make them come a bit closer and I'd say these are the doors to the lighthouse and the way in is through closing your eyes right so I'd I'd invite them to close their eyes and then enter the lighthouse in their imagination and I'd give them a, a moment and then I'd say and then I'd ask them a bunch of questions what is it like inside how does it feel is it hot is it cold is it is it warm is it inviting is it cozy is it spacious is it light is it dark is there loads of stuff or is it sparse are you alone are there people are there windows what's going on how does it feel what's your lighthouse like and without fail everyone could tell me what their lighthouse was like and they were all wildly different and some were really interesting some made people laugh but essentially just allowing that possibility and outlining this absent space created what I would call a projecting space right so their imagination it was a void it created a void and so whenever you create a void your brain doesn't like it it projects into it right it projects it imagines uh, stuff to fill that void so this became my methodology for making art myself for coming up with ideas but also for invoking the imagination in other people was just to outline an absence to point to or refer to or generate some kind of void some kind of inaccessible thing that we know that we could refer to right so other examples would be my neighbor okay so if I say my neighbor your brain will 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 want to try and fill that up right or try try and fill in the gaps who is that neighbor what do they look like and you might start to imagine another example is the future the future is this void we have no idea right we have no idea what the future involves but we like to project uh into it using our imagination right we project stuff another example is uh if you think about when the media or political propaganda invents an enemy overseas right so something bad right someone bad some bad agenda and so invoking fear and then projecting all of your imagination into worst case scenarios we can also think about web3 web3 is another example of well it currently is 
just like cyberspace was, uh, of a space that we don't actually know what the technology could create. We don't actually know what's possible. And so you have a lot of different fractions of society of projecting their ideas of what that means, of what it's going to be, of what Web3 will uh, bring to bear, right? So all of those are voids, are unknown absence, are unknown unknowns, are outlined absences, right? And I also think of marginalized um, bodies in this way, right, as as kind of outsider, absent bodies that have had things projected onto them, right? So the autistic body is an example of that. It's like, I don't understand this thing, I'm going to project meaning onto it. So, and then that meaning projected onto it uh, effectively makes it stay invisible, and when we reclaim it, when we re- reclaim that, that imaginative space as a space of possibility, of dark matter, potency, of imagination, then we get to reimagine it, right? We get to re, uh, redefine it. We get to project what we would want it to mean. So... So that's what I would do. And so they would um, end up very quickly in a matter of minutes with a very clear experience of what, of the inside of their lighthouse and that was made possible because they knew it didn't have to be realistic, right? We're not sticking to what is known, what is possible. If I'd got them all to sit down and draw a lighthouse, they would have all drawn very similar things, right? So what this meant was that they all had a very unique um experience of the interior of their lighthouse that was coming that was enabling some part of them to be expressed and then what we would do is i would say move around right get them to physically move around a little bit how does it feel to move around it and then we would open our eyes and go looking and hunting and searching for remnants clues hints of their lighthouses in the artworks on display so people would find oh this color this color this color or this shape or this um object or this texture and they would collect them along the way right take pictures or whatever it was or drawing or whatever materials that we were using and then eventually we would um recreate them using acetate or using some clear um materials and paper and then project those lighthouses uh, onto the wall, and then they got to stand inside them. So the reason I'm saying that is because, yeah, if we all, if I'd started by saying draw a lighthouse, they would draw what they think is correct and what what a realistic idea of a lighthouse should be, right? When we allow for not having to be constrained by being realistic when we create a void then something else gets to exist something that is yet to be expressed so and just to finish the story one of the things that then happened in one of those workshops where I was trying to create these spaces where other languages other ways of being in a body could exist what happened in one of those workshops was that a group of autistic teenagers from a specialist school that no longer exists, um, came 
and were participants in one of my workshops and they were around the age of 13, 14 and it was in that workshop that I saw myself in them that it first dawned on me or maybe maybe I'm autistic too right so and the reason that that was happening was because this group was being fully supported by their teacher by the the adults that they were with to learn in the ways that they needed to learn to express in the ways that they needed to to do things in the way that they needed to do do it so one student was non-speaking or preferred not to speak uh, I don't know which and every now and then they would suddenly be on the floor scribbling in their notebook quick 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 quick, writing 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 and much to my surprise the whole group would just stop and pause and wait and then when they'd finish writing they'd stand up and someone would read out their their writing right and then we would carry on other other students were right up close up front at the front of the group with me asking loads of questions, asking for more context. Why is this? Why is this here? What's that decision? Why are you saying that? What does this word mean? And so in using that void of the workshop that I'd been offered, like, here's your here's your hour and a half, do what you want. And in using that as a space to explore the unexpressed parts of me, I then, it the, the the things that I was trying to create then became possible, right? I started to see them and then full circle moment, they came right up front, <laughs> visible, realized, materially realized as other people that I could then see myself in because they were being fully expressed, because they were expressing the things that I was trying to find a language for. So... I'm saying all of that because, oh, and side note, those locked doors are now the entrance to the the big um, tower. So this this gallery is Tate Modern. I don't know if you know it. If you don't know it, it's like a, a, it used to be an old um, sugar, like colonial sugar processing factory by Tate and Lyle. It's now called Tate Modern. And it's got this huge tower. And at the time, the tower was inaccessible. Like, you couldn't go in. Now you can go in and you can go up to the top and you can look out. So those locked doors then got built out and became the entrance into that tower, which I think is an int- another interesting full circle moment. Anyway, so what I'm trying to offer is that when you allow for that possibility to be expressed that is when you start to hear and you start to allow and you start to invite what you deeply truly actually want to create that hasn't yet had space within the thinking that is based on on probability when you lift off and allow that when you lift off what being realistic and don't impose being realistic even if it's just for a little bit, you also take the discomfort out of thinking in possibility, right? So there's no wrong answers. There's no, um, there's no need to think about how. You don't need to know how yet. 
you also take off caring what other people think just for a moment, right? So when you're allowing yourself to dream beyond what's so-called realistic and you're just thinking possibility, you're thinking about my future is an unknown that I get to create. What could it be? And allowing yourself to dream. Then it becomes about what's not impossible. What's in me that is wanting to come out and be expressed and be realized? What is asking me to steward it into fruition? What sides of myself have I not yet met? What is it that I could make happen if I went all in on that possibility? So the same is true of your future. The same is true of the best friend you haven't met yet. The same is true of the business that you started or the artwork that you created or the life that you crafted, right? You have no idea. And when you allow for yourself to have no idea, when you allow for that void, then you can also allow for parts of you to sing into that and project into that the unexpressed parts of your experience, of yourself and of your potential. So my invitation to you is to go and explore your known unknown that is your future. So who is that? Who is you? Who are you in the future? What are you doing? Who might you want to be? If you could choose anything, right? If you could literally go and buy it off the shelf or press a button, right? What And, and you could design it, what would you choose? So allowing for that conversation, allowing for those squashed and suppressed desires to have a voice is a really important component of knowing what you want. We find out when we do this that we we do know what we want, right? When when we say, okay, don't have to be realistic. If I could choose anything, what would it be? then we find out that we know exactly what we want, right? We, we just think it's unrealistic or we can't see how. So we smother it, we push it down, we defer it. We, it's just that we don't yet have the full belief, right? We're habituated to thinking in probability. And when you lift that off for a minute and you allow yourself to dream in possibility, yeah, you're not going to have the full belief yet but it's important to go there anyway. So next week we'll get into committing to possibility when you don't yet have belief. The My invitation to you is to allow yourself to be in that space of possibility without imposing what's realistic, without imposing probability on it yet, so that you can connect with what you do desire, what you do really want to make happen, what you want to create and start to have a relationship with it. If I could have anything that I wanted, if I could create anything I wanted, what would it be? Start to allow that to materialize in you as a set of hunches, as a a vague sense of, oh yeah, there's something there. There's something there that's pulling me to it. There's something there that is calling to me and then start to keep an eye out for those clues for those remnants for those hints and collect them this resonates I don't know why but I like it I'm collecting it this image I've come across this resonates I'm collecting it 
this thing that someone's doing in the world that resonates oh, it's something along that along those lines i'm collecting it right so start to collect the things that resonate with that that thing that you're desiring that possibility that you've allowed to have a voice and in the next episode we will explore committing to that possibility even when you don't yet believe okay and i'll talk to you then bye thanks for listening to this week's sensory siblings podcast head over to solarsystems.xyz where you can join the plus siblings discord server and discuss the topics explored with other listeners and if you're ready to go deeper into activating your future self i want to invite you to join my six-month unmasking unschool called the solar system plus siblings you're going to unlearn the habits of self-negating then create self-esteem self-clarity and the self-belief to model the social esteem that will create culture shifts first in yourself and then rippling out into everything you do and beyond head over to solarsystems.xyz forward slash siblings where you can join the solar system plus siblings and i will see you inside <laughs>